0: I learned my lessons from my first two failures, and the biggest lesson I learned was you have to actually talk to your target market before you launch your business. Don't just assume that people are going to
1: buy what you are selling. From Smashing the Plateau, I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a long career as an employed professional. Today on Going Solo, I'm speaking with the founder of the entrepreneur ride-along, Jake Lang. Jake designed his business to enable him to leave his job. Stay with us to hear all the details. In today's episode, Jake talks about the benefits of community and content. As a consultant, you need to be in a community where relationships and content will support your business growth. That's why the camaraderie of supportive, collaborative colleagues is the foundation of the Smashing the Plateau community. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll also find a range of tools and resources to support your business, access to experts, and answers to your burning questions. Check out the Smashing the Plateau community so that you can build a successful consulting business on your own terms, doing what you love and getting paid what you're worth. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Jake Lang. Jake is an author, entrepreneur, and founder of over eight online businesses. Jake now helps new entrepreneurs start and scale their first online business at theentrepreneurridealong.com, where he shares his experiences along the entrepreneurial journey of starting and growing new businesses. It's Jake's mission to start a new online business every year and share everything behind the scenes through his books, podcasts, and blog, so that new entrepreneurs can learn from Jake's mistakes, understand the struggles of starting a new business, and find the path to entrepreneurial success. Jake, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. So you weren't always an entrepreneur. I was not, no. Tell me about that. Yeah, so
0: I just quit my job to take on the entrepreneurial journey full-time last year in 2021, but for the first eight years of my career, I was working in the insurance industry and I was building up all my online businesses on the side, and then I took it on full-time just last year.
1: Wow, that's a long time.
0: Yes. Longer than most people have listened to your podcast. And I know that some people have left their job after they just got the idea and they just jumped right in. But that wasn't me. I I took my time and built it up until I was just ready to to step off the platform and just keep things going.
1: Right. And then there are a lot of people that start their business when they got pushed out of their last job. Mm -hmm. Like in my case, I had thought about being in business for myself for a long time before it actually happened. But the, the timing was not my choice. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, that's pretty common. I know that in my case, I had thought that being in business was way too risky. And I thought that having a paycheck was secure until it stopped. And then I realized that um, your income can take a nosedive very quickly when the boss tells you that you're no, no longer needed.
0: Yeah, it feels so much safer with the W-2 and, and having your day job. But you're not in control of it. When you when you have your own business, you control where your income goes and where it's coming from. You're not in control of that when you're at your day job. So I, I experienced the same thing and that's why I was stuck in the day job for, for so long, even when I had my businesses and they're profitable. And I probably could have left my job maybe four or five years earlier than I did. So how did you know when it was time to jump? Uh, so for me, it was a combination of I was always working towards this. So I, I worked in the insurance industry for eight years. I started my... My most successful business that that I'm still operating, that I've had for years, was in the insurance industry. So I started selling online courses for the CBCU designation, which is these exams that I had to take as a product analyst in the insurance industry. And I created my own exam prep and started teaching people how to pass these exams. I got pretty successful pretty quickly to the point where I was making four or $5,000 per month by selling uh, exam prep study material. And I kind of sat on that plateau for a while because I just got comfortable with the double income and, oh, my wife and I were getting engaged and they were getting married and buying a house and it's like, okay, expenses and expenses, let's just keep the double income for a while. But it came to a point last year where I had actually matched the income from my day job and I just simply ran out of time where I couldn't do both at the same time. I was just stretched way too thin. My wife and I had talked about it for probably three years at this point, talking about when would be the day, let's set a date, like what's going to be the right time. And to have that conversation, as everybody does with their partner, just to make sure they're comfortable. And it took a little while just to make sure that this is a bit crazy what I'm saying, that, hey, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, I want to do this full time. You're used to me being the, the finance, traditional career trajectory, climbing up through middle management. Now I'm saying I want to quit my job. So we had that conversation and she was fully supportive until it finally got to the point where I had no time left. I was going to make more money from my side businesses anyways. It's what I loved doing. And my wife was the one that sat me down one day and said, you have to give your notice today. It was, it was uh, Monday afternoon. And I was, it was just one of those times where I was uh, being pulled in so many different directions that she was like, why are we even doing this anymore? Give your notice. We have our house. We're moved in. We don't need the W-2 and anything to prove to the mortgage companies that we have a, a stable income. You already have a stable income from your side jobs anyways. Take it on full-time because that's what you love doing and you're going to grow it beyond that anyway. So she was the one that gave me the final push, but I I was looking for it the whole time and I was ready. So I gave my notice that day and not looking back.
1: Mm -hmm. How did you feel when
0: you actually gave notice? It was both exhilarating and terrifying at the same time because it was, uh, you know, like we just talked about, I felt like I was leaving that security blanket and I had that double income for so long coming from basically I was working two jobs. And I just cut that in half and I said, I'm just taking on my my entrepreneurial venture. So it was exciting because it's, it's what I had been working towards since 2014. And I knew I was going to go there eventually, but you know, it was, just, it was just scary that now it's all on me. I can't blame anything else if something goes wrong. Now it's on my shoulders and I don't have a day job to fall back on. But at the same time. I was just so excited and I hit the ground running right away and and wrote my first book. As soon as I quit, I started working on it that day and just started working on other projects and picking up my coaching practice now that I had free time to actually handle more coaching clients. And now there's no way I'm ever going back. What was the date that you quit? It was the end of April. So I gave my notice April 16th and then end of April after my two weeks was up.
1: So I, I just hit the one year mark now. Well, first of all, congratulations on making it. Making it past a year, it's um, you beat the odds already for new businesses. <laughs> Thank you. Have you surpassed your employment income at this point?
0: I have, yes, and that's because I was basically already matched my income at the point where I made the leap and and left my job. So at this point, I've I've scaled the businesses even even further. I actually sold to one of my websites, and so now I have that cash in the bank in case anything ever goes wrong. I can use that cash to pay myself. So that was one of my strategic decisions at the beginning was I had this little niche site that was uh, had a little membership and was profitable, but I didn't want to work on it anymore. I was doing it a disservice, so I, I sold it off to somebody else and took the cash, and that's also helping to support me while I have these other websites that I'm operating and, and bringing in the income. So, uh, you know, matched it, surpassed it, and now I'm just trying to go even further beyond that.
1: What are some of the secrets to getting an online business to work, particularly if you're trying to do it like you did while you're still employed?
0: Yeah, so I've done it wrong plenty of times. So I've learned from my mistakes. I would say the biggest thing that I learned when just starting out, because I I had started two two businesses, two websites before my insurance course business, before that one took off and was successful. So I, I learned my lessons from my first two failures. And the biggest lesson I learned was You have to actually talk to your target market before you launch your business. Don't just assume that people are going to buy what you are selling. And I made that mistake right away with my first business. I came out, my my first business, I was trying to sell direct mailing leads, basically an Excel file full of addresses of small business and residential uh, addresses with demographic information so people could target their direct mailing campaigns to the demographic that they want to hit. And I never asked anybody if they needed this, if there's a service that they wanted, if uh, they'd be interested in buying it. I just launched the business, started trying to sell it, and basically got laughed off the phone to everybody that I tried to sell it to because there was no need for my service. It was already covered for free by Google, so they they weren't going to pay me to do what Google was already doing for them. So that was my biggest learning lesson was uh, first talking to your target market. And another big thing is validating through a pre-sale, which is what I did with my insurance online courses, that I found that there was this need after talking to employees in the insurance industry that I had taken these exams, all my colleagues were taking these exams, and we all hated the study material, hated the practice exam questions. The exams were really difficult. So I figured out the pain point. I created a little website with some content And pre-sold it to the first people that were on the website that said hey this is my vision i'm just gonna make it easier i'm gonna write my courses in plain text plain english that's easy to understand these complex concepts i'm gonna write 300 practice exam questions and they're gonna be exactly like the questions on the exam it's gonna prepare you for the exam and i'll put it out there for hundred dollars as a pre-sale i'll I'll get it done in three months Um, and that's how i started getting my first sales and got validation with actual money uh, people handed me over cash to buy something before I even built it. So I knew I was on to something that I had the pain point. I validated the product by pre-selling it. And now I could take off and create the courses. And uh, it uh, took off from there because I, I had done that research in the beginning and validated it.
1: How well did the people who
0: bought that course from you know you? Not well at all. They were total strangers on the internet that had read the blogs that I was writing. And I joined my email list. So they didn't know me at all.
1: Well, if they... We're reading your blogs and they were on your email list. I would I would argue that they probably knew something about you. So it wasn't like it was Good point. The, right the first time they landed on your website. Correct. Yes. It it wasn't somebody that I knew face to face,
0: but they knew that I had some expertise and they knew that they had read my story about passing these exams and I was already helping them by talking about what was difficult in this exam they were going to take, what they should focus on with their study material. So you're absolutely right. I had built that trust and rapport through my content that by the time I had a course, they trust me enough to take that step to put money on the line and invest in my program.
1: Right. So, so how long had you been in touch with them with your content before you tried the presale? I'd say probably it was, it was really
0: quick. It was only about a month, maybe two months where I was blogging, creating content. I didn't have that many blogs, maybe 10 to 15 posts up there just talking about my experience. In my email list, I I did have some people emailing me because through my email list, I would give away a free practice exam. I I gave away a free practice exam uh, for what they were studying for. And that's how they got on my email list. And then I would send them some automated emails. And one of them was, um, hey, send me any questions that you have. Like, I'm Jake. I've taken these exams. I'm happy to just talk and chat and, and help you with your studying. And so that got some connections and started some email conversations with people. And then just built the trust even further. So... I'd say ten to fifteen blogs, maybe ten emails that were automated, a couple conversations, and then those people bought my courses.
1: So, making some connections, with, early connections with people through content that demonstrates your expertise, sharing your own story, sharing your own personal pain points and how you have overcome them, offering some kind of freebie that de- also demonstrates your expertise, building trust that way, and then offering a presale.
0: Correct. Yeah. So they knew I was an expert on the topic. They knew I had experience. I wasn't just some stranger out there. I was actually already helping them. So they had that comfort and trust level.
1: Jake, why do you think so many people are actually afraid to go through the steps of talking to their target market, coming up with a hypothesis about a solution that they can offer that will solve a pain point and going through that process of, even if it's only for a few months, building some content, offering a freebie and building a little bit of trust and then offering a pre-sale?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I'd say it's, it's probably a combination of fear, self-doubt, and some people just not knowing that that's the right process. I know for me, I didn't know I was supposed to do that. And I just jumped in with a product on my first business and assumed, hey, I got this great idea. People are going to come in and buy this because I had the idea and it, it, it must work. I know it's a great idea. And it, it just wasn't, it wasn't even close to on the mark of what people needed. And I know I also had some self-doubt and I didn't go out and talk to small businesses because I was trying to sell my, this first business that failed. I was trying to sell to to small businesses in my area where I was living to help with their direct marketing campaigns. And I'm more of an introvert. I didn't want to walk into these places and start you know surveying them and talking to people and asking all these probing questions about their business. And I was kind of hiding behind my computer screen and just, you know, assuming that I knew what they needed rather than going out and talking to them. Because because it, it is a little awkward to go out there and put yourself out there and ask these probing questions and, and do that market research. But it's, it's necessary.
1: Right. So how did you get over your fear as being an introvert? How did you get over your fear of going and talking to people that you either maybe didn't know at all, maybe didn't know that well and asking them a little bit about their business and their pain points?
0: Well, I'd say one thing is that you can absolutely do it online and it's really easy to do it online where you don't have to go face-to-face and walk into a pizza parlor and start asking, you know, the guy working at the counter what his pain points are and what's the struggle with this business. You can go online and there's so many communities out there on Facebook, LinkedIn, Reddit, where people are already talking about their pain points in your market you can post surveys, which is what I do all the time. So I post surveys and I just ask, what is the yeah, number one thing you are struggling with regarding studying for the CPCU designation? And I can collect open responses that way to figure out what people's pain points are. Uh, I will often ask them in the survey, I'll just say, hey, if you're open to talking more about this pain point, leave your email address. I'll, I'll send you an email and we can continue our conversation. From there, they have already have already kind of broken down that first barrier. They know that I'm interested in talking about this. I have this kind of idea. I want to know their pain points. If they leave their email address, I know that they're open to talking more. I'm not not uh, interfering with their life or being intrusive or invasive. I can send them an email and either, I, oftentimes I'll invite them to a 15-minute phone conversation and say, hey, do you mind if we just jump on a call? i record it, and I just want to ask you some questions. Or I can send them an email with two or three questions, follow-up questions to dive deeper into what they are struggling with. And that helps me a lot because I'm, I'm not the type that will pick up a phone and call somebody or walk in face-to-face to a you know supermarket and start surveying questions. I'm just not that type of extrovert. I, I'm more of a behind-the-computer, let somebody give me permission to ask these probing questions, and then I'm all for it. And I, I'll be happy to jump on a, a phone conversation if they know what's coming.
1: All right. So, Jake, did you know that you had a good process for developing a new online business after your first success with the the um, exam prep course?
0: I did. By that time, I'd kind of figured it out because this was my third website that I had attempted. And I've, I've rinsed and repeated this process now. Let's see. So I'm up to eight businesses that I've started. So I've just rinsed and repeated this, what, five times after those couple of failures. And this is just the process that I use now to, to validate
1: an idea, launch it, and start getting those first sales. And how well does it work now that you've done it a bunch of times?
0: Well, it works well because it also helps me avoid ideas and projects are, are not a good fit. It helps me find out right away if uh, my idea is off the mark. So that's happened plenty of times. I came out with an idea, did the survey, did this research, talked to people and realized, yeah, you know what this isn't a good fit for me. Maybe I'm not the person to start this business or maybe they don't even need or I just don't see a way that I can monetize this business or where I would go with this business. So it's helped me avoid a lot of failures. And it's helped me start. That's it's the reason I started the Entrepreneur Ride Along and wrote my books. I had an Amazon FBA product at one point based on this process. I have another website in the Agile Education space. Same process by using this, I started a a little dog website. That's the one that I sold. Was teaching people how to train this certain type of dog. That's that's really high energy. You know that one was just totally out of left field, totally different than everything else I do in the you know corporate education space, but. Use the same process. It worked there. Found the idea. Found the product idea. Are you a dog owner selling that business? (laughs) I am. I have four dogs myself, so it's good in my market. But I didn't own this type of dog that I created the business about.
1: Yeah, I probably know a bunch of people who could use some help with uh, with that particular pain point. Mm -hmm. Now that you've done this a bunch of times and you're teaching other people how to go through the process, where would you like your business to go?
0: My, let's see. So, since I have a couple of businesses, I would say that my business, theentrepreneurridealon.com, which is primarily a coaching practice, I help entrepreneurs start their first online business using this process that I just described. And I write books and I have a membership and, and I offer coaching there. That one, I see the direction going is that I really love writing. And I've learned that over the years of starting different businesses and figuring out what aspects of the business do I enjoy most. So for that one, I'm working on a new book, and that book is it's actually similar to what we're talking about here. It's going to be called Use Your Job to Quit Your Job, and it's basically the process that I used to use my day job to start this insurance education business and, and scale it up until you're ready to eventually leave your job by starting it on the side. So I love writing that, that business. It's going to be focused on coaching, membership, and writing books. AssociatePI.com, that's my insurance education brand. That one, I am currently working on outsourcing a lot of the work because uh, I've written eight courses. I currently sell eight courses on that website in that business. It's doing really well, but there are probably six more courses in the insurance industry for other certifications, other exams that insurance employees take that, that I've personally taken these exams that I could create courses for, but I don't really have enough time anymore to sit down and write those courses and create those courses. So I'm developing a system and I I hired a ghostwriter and I brought on a small team of assistants that are actually now helping me outsource the bulk of it, where I have a writer writing the courses, I'm writing the practice exam questions, my assistants are creating the online courses, they're, they're programming it, they're creating the email marketing funnel just by duplicating and replicating what I've done for my other courses. And so now that we're building this little system, I'm able to crank through these courses much faster. What would it taken me three to four months to create a course and launch a new product is now taking me about one month. So I'm, I'm working on putting out more content on that website, more courses, and that just helps to serve my audience and my, my current students by selling them the next course to their next exam. So, so that's the direction that one's going, it's just growing into more certifications, more insurance education for employees of the insurance industry, and that one is continuing to grow as well. So that's kind of the direction is where I'm heading.
1: Yeah, just out of curiosity, How many hours per week are you working now compared to the last day you had your job and and your side business?
0: Yeah, I would say I maybe only do four to five hours a day, and maybe a little more than that. I would say 20 to 30 hours per week is what I'm doing. And that's just what I wanted to do. That was the whole purpose of becoming an entrepreneur was I wanna have the flexibility in my schedule. And I also don't have to sit in those meetings that would suck up four or five hours of my day when I was working the day job. That's so why I have a lot more flexibility to block off. I usually do three or four 90-minute blocks per day, and I'll I'll space those out in my day where I'm sitting down, and this 90 minutes is all working on the new insurance course. This 90 minutes, I have a coaching call. This 90 minutes, I'm I'm working on the new book for the entrepreneur ride-along. And just following that, that kind of works out to 20, 30 hours per week, and that's, that's where I'm comfortable because then I can spend the rest of my day walking my dogs, going to the beach like we were talking about and and just enjoying life rather than commuting to work
1: and sitting in corporate meetings all day long. Sounds like a good plan. Jake, is there anything else you want to share that I haven't asked you?
0: Uh, Let's see. I would just say one thing that I'm working on is a uh, new book and we've already talked to you. We're going to be featured in that book. We're working on a interview with you. So if anybody wants to check that out, that's over at theentrepreneurridealong.com slash job, J-O-B. And I know I'm excited to interview you and get your case study featured in there. And uh, that book's coming out in June. So I'm excited to to crack down on that and add these case studies. And, you know, if anybody has questions, I I love meeting and talking to other entrepreneurs. So I'm I'm happy to connect with anybody uh, from your audience
1: to talk about their business ideas. Sounds great. Well, Jake, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to join us today and going solo. If somebody wants to go deeper with anything we've talked about or access any of the many resources that we know you have, where is the best place for them to go?
0: Yeah, it's over at theentrepreneurridealong.com. And you can just send me an email, jake at theentrepreneurridealong.com. And I'm I'm happy to connect, jump on a quick coaching call. And uh, that's where you can find me and what I'm working on. Sounds
1: good. My guest today has been the founder of the Entrepreneur Ride Along, Jake Lang. Thank you again, Jake, for joining us. Thanks for having me. When you visit the Going Solo website, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. In today's episode, Jake talks about the benefits of community and content. As a consultant, you need to be in a community where relationships and content will support your business growth. That's why the camaraderie of supportive, collaborative colleagues is the foundation of the Smashing the Plateau community. Inside the Smashing the Plateau community, you'll also find a range of tools and resources to support your business, access to experts, and answers to your burning questions. Check out the Smashing the Plateau community so that you can build a successful consulting business on your own terms, doing what you love and getting paid what you're worth. Learn more at smashingtheplateau.com. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.